My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. Because it's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. And so, Father, I pray now that the Spirit of God will take the Logos word, the written word, and transform it into spiritual word. And I thank you that the word will be deposited on good ground. That our hearts are ready and our minds are receptive. And our ears are ready to hear what the Spirit of God is going to say to us. And I declare today as I step back that the Spirit of God is stepping up so that the anointing of God can flow through me to your people. And I thank you most of all for signs and miracles and wonders following the word into our lives. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today's message is one of those messages uh, that your head will say, I know that. Your heart will probably agree, but your everyday life may not agree. And I want to talk about a subject that may be sensitive, but I know it's appropriate, and that is managing your way up. Managing your way up. And even though the focus that I'm going to talk about today is financial management, you can use this principle in almost any area of your life. Now, I'm not really going to talk about money as much as I'm going to talk about how we manage money when we get it. So just look at your neighbor and say, I know he's about to talk to you. (laughs) So if you're taking notes, our message title is Managing Your Way Up. Managing Your Way Up. And the purpose of the lesson is to show you the relationship between financial promotion and financial management. Now, after that, I'm going to provide you with some principles and practical steps on managing your financial life better. Because what I have discovered as a pastor is that a lot of believers, we want more, but we're not managing well what we have. Now... Uh, If you have your Bibles, you can find Matthew chapter 25, Matthew 25, verses 14, Matthew 25, 14. And I want to start this morning's lesson off with a question. And I want everybody in the audience to participate, if you would, by raising your hand. All right. How many of you have ever played the lottery before let me see your hand anybody in here ever played the lottery okay all right good all right now some of you didn't raise your hand i didn't ask you did you play yesterday so let me ask the question again if you've ever played the lottery let me see your hand let me see your hand everybody okay all right good now here's another question how many of you would take the opportunity That if you were guaranteed to win a hundred million dollars in the lotto, you would do it. Let me see your hand. All right. Let me make sure that's everybody's hand. Let me just make sure. If your hand ain't up for a hundred million, then I'm praying for you in Jesus name. (laughs) Okay. Now, 
I want to congratulate those of you who raised your hand because you just increased your chances of people who are twice as likely to file bankruptcy every year than the general population. Research shows in multiple studies that people who win the lottery are twice as likely to file bankruptcy every year than the general population. Did you know that the odds of winning the lottery are 175 million to one? What that means is if you line up 175 million people, only one of those people are going to win the lottery. It was written, and I read this on the internet, that most ordinary people who come into large sums of money becomes victims of their own lack of financial savvy or discipline. And I know that's true because I, it's happened in my life before. Uh, how many have gotten a lump sum of money and then the next thing you know, you don't even know what it happened to it? How many know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is what I know to be true. Now, there was a, uh, a spokeswoman. Her name was Susan Goldie. So if you want to look that up. Out of the Missouri lottery said that the vast majority of lottery winners from the state were doing great. And if they watch this now, if they were good with money before they got the lottery, then they would be good after the lottery. In other words, more money does not guarantee better management. I'm going to say that one again. More money does not guarantee better management. I want you to say this with me. Say more money does not guarantee better management. Amen. 77% of lotto winners, winners will lose all of their financial windfall within 5 to 10 years. 77%. 44% of them have spent all of their winnings within five years. And just to prove this, we all know someone or know of this person. He earned $300 million during his boxing career and ended up filing bankruptcy owing $300 million. His name is Mike Tyson. He made three. Hundred million dollars and end up filing bankruptcy owing $23 million. Which now shows me that there is a lie or a deception that most people have bought into, whether they're Christians or not. And this lie sounds like this. I just need some more money to fix my financial problem. But if that was the case, Mike Tyson would have all of his financial problems fixed. So it's not about how much we have. Watch this. It's about what we do with what we do have. So here's the million dollar question. Why is it that lottery winners can go bankrupt so quickly? Well, it was written that part of it was because of the rapid influx of money that they received. When uh, possessions become the main reason why you, you have happiness or watch this, or it becomes so easy to just go on spending, you know, sprees and that kind of thing. It almost seems like money will never run out. But how many know money can run out? And that's the problem with money. However, because even if you had hundreds of millions, just like we just saw with Mike Tyson, we can still have problems because of poor budget management skills.
So my goal today is to help bring more awareness to how we manage money. And I'll show you at the end why I want to do that. So take your Bibles and go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Let's look at God's perspective when it comes to financial money management. Because ask me, ask me a question. Say, say, Pastor Edmund, what you know? What I know is that if you don't manage well what you have, it's almost impossible to get promoted for more. Amen. In Matthew chapter 25, verse, 20, uh, verse 14, I'm going to start in verse 14. I'm going to read this, and here's the whole purpose. We're going to stay in this verse of Scripture the whole morning because I'm going to point out some things that's going to help us be more aware of managing the resources that we have in a better way. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants... And he delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. And straightway he took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents, he went and he traded with the same, and he made another five talents. Verse 17. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained another two. But he that had received one, he went and dug it in the earth, and he hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants, he came and he reckoned with them. And so he that had five talents came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered unto me five talents. But behold, I have gained beside them five additional talents. And his Lord said unto him, read it with me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Keep reading. I will make you ruler over many things. All right. Then he says, enter into the joy of the Lord. Look at verse 22. He also that had the two talents came and said, Lord, you gave me two talents. And behold, I've gained another two talents beside them. And his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over how many things? A few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Verse 24. Then he which had the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not strawed. And I was afraid and I went and I hid the talent in the earth. And lo, you know, what you have, here it is. And the Lord said, answered this man and said, you wicked and slowful servant. You knew that I reap where I don't sow and gather where I have not straw. You should have at least put my money, uh, uh, given it to the exchangers or to Bank of America. And I would have received my own usury. Verse 28. Take therefore the talent from him and give it to the one that has ten talents. For unto everyone that had shall be given. And he that shall have abundance. But from him that has not shall that be taken away even what he has and has cast. Watch this. He says in verse 30, and cast you the unprofitable servant into outer darkness where there'll be, we will be reaping, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, let me just read quickly just a few verses out of the living Bible because it kind of brings it to life a little bit. It says in verse 19, after a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to him to account for his money. 
Then the man to whom he had entrusted the $5,000 brought him 10000 His master praised him for his work. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. He told him, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Begin the joyous task I have assigned you to. And then the next one says, I gave, you know, I've received 2000 with the report. Sir, you gave me 2000 He says, I've doubled it. He says, good. You've done good. You've been faithful over the little or small amount, so I will give you more. Then the man with 1000 says, Sir, I knew you were a hard man. I was afraid that you will rob me of what I earned. So I hid your money in the earth, and here it is. But his master replied, Wicked man, lazy slave or servant, since you knew I would demand your profit, you should have at least put my money into the bank so I could have earned some interest. Take the money from him. Give it to the man with 10000 For the man who uses well what he is given. I'm going to read that again. For the man who uses well what he's been given. I'm going to say that again. For the man who uses well what he has been given shall be given more. And he shall have abundance. But from the man who is unfaithful, even the little responsibility he has will be taken from him. What a long verse of scripture. But I like it. Here is why. Because now we get to see. The heart of God when it comes to what he blesses us with. So let's dissect this story to see if we can identify some financial management principles that we can apply to our everyday lives. Now remember, the principle can be used in other areas of your life, your job, or your business. In other words, if you're faithful over the job you have, then you can expect promotion. See, some people expect promotion and they're work for late every day. I'm going to say that on this side. I feel a late spirit over here. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, some people want a promotion, but they're late every day for work. And then, watch this. They're late coming in. They're on time going for lunch. And they late coming back from lunch. But they early to leave. Praise the Lord Jesus. So let's start with, before I give you the principles, I want to start with the promise That God makes us as we look at this story. Verse 23 says this. His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. So here's the, here's the promise. In other words, here's the thing that God will do when we manage well what we have. And that is this. Faithfulness is the key to increase more or financial promotion. Faithfulness is the key. Everybody say the key. It is the key to increase more or financial promotion. I love 1 Corinthians 4, 2. This is what it says. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. The living Bible of that verse says, now the most important thing about a servant is that he does just what his master tells him. The amplified of that verse says this, moreover, it is essentially required of stewards that a man should be found faithful, proving himself worthy of trust. So watch this now. Here is how the principle of faithfulness works. True increase. Notice I'm saying True increase. Because the scriptures describe money as either true riches or we, it calls it mammon. Because, see, you can make money with just the works of your hands. But guess what? Once your hands stop working, increase stops coming. 
And this is why I tell people, partner with God, because while you are asleep, he's putting things on people's mind for you. Amen. If you can't trust God with the tenth that he give you first, then what you're saying is, God, I don't trust you to bless me. I don't trust you to work on my behalf. I don't trust you to protect me. So here it is. The principle is true increase comes, watch this, after I have proven my faithfulness with what I already have and not before. See, some people say, well, if God will give me some more, then I will bless him. If God will give me some more, then I will be a blessing. If God will bless me with more, then I will manage, I will have more to manage. Here's one of the statistics that I didn't tell you. But, but if you line up 10 people who won the lottery, four out of those 10 people increased their giving to charitable or, or, or organizations. Only four of them. So watch this. That means the majority of people who win the lottery don't become givers. And so here's the lie. That if I get more, I'll be generous with more. But that's not how it works. God wants you to prove that you are generous with what you have. And then that's proof to him that he can trust you with some more. Amen. So watch this now. I want you to notice something. The owner that was in that story, which represents the Lord, the owner's expectation was the same for all three of these individuals. The amount was not the focus as much as what they did with the amount that determined the focus. See, a lot of times we say, well, well, you know, well, if I made the money they make, then I'd be doing well as well. Not necessarily. Because it's not the amount. It's what I do with what we have. And see, uh, I had to learn this back in the day. Everybody say back in the day. Yesterday, we moved heaven into her dorm room. So much of a better dorm room than when I, or the dorm itself, so much better than I had when I was in school. The only difference between her dorm and my dorm, our room was bigger, but theirs was much better. If you have an air-conditioned thermostat in your room, you have a good room. When you have carpet going down the hallways and meeting rooms and study rooms inside the dorm, you have a good dorm. We didn't have all that. Can I get an amen from all the PV graduates? Amen. So we went in there and uh, Heaven's closet was literally this wide. Now our closets were a little bigger, but it was this wide. And so she had to fit all of her needed clothing into that closet and it reminded me of a story that i want to share with you and if you've been with us a while you've heard this story but if you maybe in the last five years i haven't told the story but when i was in college you know i had a friend who's a christian named willie willie was an interesting guy he was uh very creative he was a musician type guy and and uh we would all go to bible study together and and uh one day Willie was in my room and uh, Willie said, Eben, because my closet was open. And he's like, man, I wish God would bless me with some clothes like you have. Now, you have to understand, you know, back then in the day, I, I still wanted to dress to impress, you know, so to speak, because I figured I'd be in business. So I used to wear jackets and ties. My teachers used to be like, what are you doing? 
I'm like, I'm going to have to do this one day, so I might as well do it now. So, you know, I dressed pretty decently. I don't care where I bought. I could have bought my clothes from the, the Salvation Army, the thrift shop. I don't care. I just wanted to look good. Amen. So Willie saw, you know, Willie was like, man, Evan, I wish. And see, Willie had a couple of problems. One of Willie's problems is uh, his breath was not attractive. He had halitosis. And then the other problem is Willie didn't smell well. But nobody would tell Willie. If you have a friend that, you know, smells interesting and you don't tell them, you're not a friend. So this particular day I decided to be a friend to Willie. I said, Willie, you know what? I said, come, let's, let's go to your room. Now, I have to understand, I hadn't been to Willie's room to check out his closet, but I knew what his closet looked like because I knew what he smelled like. I said, come on, Willie, let's go to your room. And so I took Willie. I said, Willie, which, which one is your closet? Because, you know, it was too I knew which one was Willie's closet because I could smell Willie's closet. Then it had clothes hanging all out. Of, I knew that. I said, open it up. And Willie had clothes everywhere. His clean clothes and stinky clothes was all together. He had some hung up, some over, over the pole. He had, I mean, he just, Willie's closet was a mess. And this is what I said to Willie. I said, Willie, I said, why would God bless you with some more clothes if you're going to treat them like this? I said, I challenge you to wash your clothes, put a crease on the clothes, Willie. Iron your clothes, Willie. Don't wear them five times before you wear them again, Willie. Wash them. White as snow. <laughs> Willie took my, I mean, he got offended at first, you know, because Christians, we want to know the truth, but it really offends us. So, you know, I offended Willie, and I, I, didn't, I wasn't trying to hurt Willie's feelings, I was trying to help Willie. And uh, and so Willie, after he got got over the, the offense, he started doing it. And I saw with my own eyes, God begin to bless Willie. So watch this. It wasn't that God didn't want to give Willie some more. God didn't just want Willie to treat the more like he was treating what he had. And so watch this now. What opened the floodgates was when Willie began to properly manage what he already had. Can I get an amen from the church? So let's look at some principles in this story that can help us be better managers of what we have so that God can promote us. Let's look in verse 14. Watch this now. I'm going to show you something that you probably haven't seen before. In verse 14 it says, for the kingdom of heaven. So watch this. This principle is not about Pastor Evan. This is not a church principle. This is not a word of truth principle. This is not a a, uh, Methodist or Baptist principle. This is a kingdom principle. Notice he says the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country. Watch this. Who called his own servants. Let me ask you a question. How many in here are servants of God? Let me see your hand. If you're servants, watch this. He called his own servants and watch this. And delivered unto them. Them who? Them the servants. Watch this. Here's the key word. His goods. Everybody say his goods. What he gave to them wasn't theirs, it was his. And many of us, we act like what we have and what we own and what we are blessed with, we act like it's ours. And that's why Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's 
and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell in it. Do you know that verse shows up in the Bible four different times? So let me make it clear. Because, see, some Christians associate or believe that knowing equals believing. See, we think just because we know something. Because, see, I know a lot of you all who I've taught before, y'all know what I'm saying. But that's, that's not, knowing does not equal believing. Here's what I mean by that. In fact, I need two volunteers. I need two men. Two volunteers quickly. Two volunteers. And uh, can you give me a chair, Don? Can you give me a chair? Two volunteers. Come on, y'all hustle, hustle, hustle. All right? Now, stand right here. Now, who wants to volunteer to sit in the chair? Okay, don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. All right. Now, Mike, I'm going to ask you when he comes to sit in the chair to jerk the chair from under him. I want you to do it just like this. Okay? Now, Will, are you still encouraged to sit in the chair? Honestly, I mean, you know, honestly, would you want to sit in the chair if you knew he was going to jerk it? No, no, no. no. Now, watch this. Even though he knows that this chair will hold him, his previous experience, if if let's say we did it, his previous experience will keep him now From sitting in a chair that he knows that will hold him. So watch this. He believes that if he tries to sit down, he's going to jerk it. Because I told the guy to jerk it, right? Okay, so now his believing doesn't match his knowing. He knows the chair will hold him. But he doesn't believe it's going to hold him because he knows this guy's going to jerk it. And this is what happens. A lot of us, we don't believe what we say we know. Because if we believe what we say we know, then what we believe and what we know will match. And that's, that's, thank you. Give them a big hand clap. You want to see him fall? That ain't Christian at all, is it? Watch verse 15. Look in verse 15. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man to, according to his several ability, and he took his journey. Here's the second principle. The first principle I gave you, let me repeat repeat it. The first principle is this. Managing your way up is understanding that what you have is his and not yours. Here's the second principle. And that is, we all may have different or make different, but God's expectation for us is all the same. One got five, one got two, one got one, but the expectation... From the Lord to all of them was, I want you to do better with what I gave you. Can I get an amen? Amen. So the second principle is we may make different or have different, but God's expectation is the same. In other words, the owner's expectation was the same, although everybody's amounts were different. He expected them, watch this, to be faithful over what they had. Here is something we hardly ever think about. Look in verse 19. After a long time, the Bible says, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned or made, uh, just made sure he uh, talked to them about what he gave them. In other words, God is watching how we manage what we have. He's watching. Nobody else is watching. He's watching. All right. So let's look now at the next principle. Look in verse 20. And so he that had received five talents came and he brought another five and the Lord delivered unto him uh, and... Uh, the Lord 
Thou deliverest unto him five talents. Behold, I've gained another five. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Here's our third principle. God expects us to use what we have and make the most of it. I'm going to say that again. God expect touch your neighbor and say, you better pay attention. God expects us to use what we have and make the most of it. And here's the problem with lots of people. They want more, but they're not taking care of what they have. See, uh, you may want a new car, but how are you treating the old one? I mean, you can start a Burger King with all those french fries you got up in there. I mean, you are currently having it your way. I mean, come on now. We get in there and it smells like, man, we got a kitchen. You got all those dead french fries up in there with the sesame seed bun on the side. How are you treating it? He said, well, pastor, I don't like the car. Well, you may not like it, but if you just treat it right. Okay, here's a good way to think about it. Would you let Jesus ride in the car with you? See, I can see some of us. Uh, Jesus, let's say Jesus shows up in the flesh. He just pops up on you. You know, he just told, you know, he can do that. Just poof. You get ready to go to work. He just shows up. Poof. Hello, Willie. This is Jesus. Oh, Jesus, how you doing this morning? Well, Willie, I know you're on your way to work because I know everything before you know it. So let's go. I want to ride with you. Okay. Okay, Jesus. Hold on for a minute. Okay, Jesus, you got to come in on this side, though. Come on on this side. So Jesus gets in the car. And when Jesus, now Jesus' robe has all this grease from all your French fry. <laughs> The third principle, God expects us to use what we have. Principle number four, when we are faithful over what we have, God sees this as being well done, good, good and well done. Because notice he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Here's the fifth principle. We experience joy when we manage properly what God supplies. We experience joy. Listen, a lot of people who don't manage right, they're not experiencing joy. They're experiencing grief. See, it's not happy when you have to rob Peter to pay Paul. It's not happy. It's not fun when you don't have enough money to cover things. It's not fun when, although you had fun at the mall and you bought a dress with your water bill and the water bill comes up. Now you want to pray. No, no, no. You should have prayed at the mall and said, Lord, do you want me to buy that dress? He would have said, no, Sally. Don't buy the dress. And so that's, that's what we do. A lot of times what people do, they, 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 they stress themselves out. And here's what I tell people, because see, I see, I see times where people end up in patterns where, you know, get some money and it gone. Get some money gone. And, and, and what happens is, and they get in financial, you know, problems. And, and I just tell them, you're not, you're not hurting hard enough. See, it's not painful enough. See, until something is painful enough, you, it's like putting your hand in the fire. When you put your hand in the fire, you don't just go, oh, let me just put this in. No, what do you do? You jerk your hand. Why? Because it was hot. It was painful. Well, until a situation is painful enough, you won't stop. 
Now just look at your, if you're married, just look at your spouse. Just look at them. Don't, don't say nothing. Just look at them. Just look at them. Because see, one of y'all violating the principle right now. Look in verse, look in verse 24. I'm almost done here. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you are a hard man reaping what you haven't sown and, and, having, uh, and, have not, and gathering what you haven't strawed. And I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the earth. And lo, thou hast, thy, that is thine. Verse 26, here's the focus principle. His Lord answered and said unto him, you wicked and slothful servant. Here's the sixth principle. God sees improper management as wickedness and laziness. Now, how many would bless somebody who was wicked? Let me see your hand. Unless God told you to. No, no, most people are not going to bless a wicked person. Well, we don't see financial mismanagement or just mismanagement, period, as wickedness and laziness. So watch what happened in verse 28, which will give us our seventh principle. He says, take therefore the talent from him and give it to him who had ten talents. For unto everyone that hath, it shall be given. And he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not have, it shall be taken away, even that which he has. Here's the seventh principle. Use it right or lose it. Everybody say, use it right or lose it. Here's the final eighth principle, and we're going to close right here. Increase comes to those who properly manage and steward what God has given. And here's why I know what I'm talking about is the will of God for our lives right now. Because God wants us as a church to have increase because that's how his house gets built. Do you agree? And it is the will of God for his house to be built. But what he's, he's, he's having a hard time with some of us is that he wants, us, he wants to use us as a funnel. Now, how many have seen a funnel before? A funnel is, has a big top and then it has a spout down at the bottom. God wants to use us as a funnel. He wants to pour in resources and bless it. And then he wants some of that to come out. But see, some of us, the spout is clogged up. And nothing's coming out. And so he wants to bless us. So uh, with every head bowed right there at your chair, there's some people that I'm talking to today that need to reassess their financial management. This is not about church. This is not about you. This is not about word of truth or Pastor Evan. This is about the kingdom. And this is how the kingdom works. We hear the principle. And when we exercise it, God gives us the promise. And there are some people in the room that have not been managing well what they've been receiving. That's why you have to rob Peter, pay Paul. That's why there's a paycheck to paycheck lifestyle. They're just barely making it. That doesn't mean all the time you're managing wrong, but most of the time it's because more is going out than what we have that's coming in. So I'm going to pray for those. But before I do, if that's you, right there at your seat, I just want you to ask the Lord to forgive you. See, that's the first step. Repentance is the first step to move forward. Repentance is the first step to move forward. Repentance is the first step to move forward. Just right there at your seat, say, Lord, you know, I haven't done it at the best of my ability. Forgive me, God. And then I want to challenge each one of you 
to sign up for our Financial Hope small group. It's a small group that teaches you how to manage better what you have. Father, I thank you for those who inside know that I'm speaking to them. And I know this is your heart, so I pray now that the word has fallen on good ground and change has already started to happen. I thank you, Father, for realigning situations. There are some situations that people are in right now that only you can get them out. And Father, as they repent today, that means, Lord, I'm I'm willing to do it your way. Just help me. And the Bible says he's a very present help in trouble. That means he's in the trouble with you. He's a very present help in the trouble. As long as you say, Lord, I'm sorry. Now you invite him on the scene. Father, I thank you for fixing some things, for, for clarifying some things and some rearranging some things and adjusting some things and making a way where there was no way. And I thank you that they're going to learn from this and never look back. Thank you in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed. If you're here, here's my question. If you die today, if you're not 100% sure you'd go to heaven, I want to pray for you quickly. If you're not 100% sure you'd go to heaven.